Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, good morning, Elevate Church. How are you? My name is Mike Sheffield. I am your host for Ignite this year. I am so excited. I am so excited for this year's uh, speakers. This week and next week, I want to encourage you to get that little notepad and make some notes. I want you to engage them. Clap if you feel like clapping. Shout if you feel like clapping. This is a loud church, so we like to get loud up in here, okay? Are you ready for this? Our first speaker this morning uh, is, has been attending Elevate Church for four years. She is originally from Pittsburgh, moved to Erie for college, ran cross-country and track for Gannon University, graduated undergrad this past May, and is currently working towards an MBA. She works in digital marketing alongside her own website design freelance business. She loves corgis, Chick-fil-A. Come on. Got to love that Jesus chicken, baby. Come on now. And uh, she also loves a good country playlist, which I put together for her every afternoon on the radio. So would you please welcome Emma Steele. Good morning, Elevate Church. Are we excited to be here this morning? <laughs> All right, well, they just made me seem way more cool in that video than I actually am. So praise Jesus for that. <laughs> But I am so excited to be able to get to speak with you all this morning and encourage you in what I like to call the power of just knowing Jesus. Even though I've been here for about four years now, I still went back and watched some of the past speakers that have been on this stage. And like, wow, there have been some seriously powerful testimonies up here. And it is so inspiring to get to hear how God is moving so strongly in those people's lives. Uh, However, in fact, rewatching them actually made me feel a little insecure about my own testimony. You know, I didn't experience holy water falling from the sky or like a Saul to Paul moment when I met Jesus. No, I was raised in a Christian household. I went to a Christian elementary, middle, and high school. Uh, grew up going to Sunday school and youth group and VBS, and I really only even hung out with friends who were raised the exact same way that I was. And to be clear, this upbringing didn't guarantee a smooth path of Christianity or a life without trials for me, um, but I do feel immensely blessed by how I was raised. Um, this upbringing I'm very thankful for. However, it has often left me with a feeling of insignificance. You know, how am I supposed to touch other people if I don't have this crazy dramatic life event for people to relate to? No one's gonna take my faith seriously. I'd like to share lyrics from one of my favorite worship songs. It's called Pride of a Father, and we might have sung it here a few times before, but it's definitely not reckless love or a firm foundation, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> but it's a good one. And different parts of this song have related to me in different ways, but I wanted to share the bridge with you all today. And it goes like this. Who am I that you love me? Who am I that you saved my soul? Who am I without you, Lord? And who am I to be worthy? Who am I that you're mindful of me? Who am I that you call me yours? And I used to sing these lyrics with a little bit of a tone of questioning. Like, 
Why me, Lord? I don't have a fancy story. I don't have a fancy calling. Why have you chosen me to know you? And after having experienced college and getting to meet so many people with those crazy callings and crazy stories, I've realized that the only thing you need for a testimony is to simply know Jesus. A testimony without Jesus is just your life story. Knowing Jesus sounds simple, but truly is a powerful thing, and here's why. My first year of college was rougher than I like to admit. I was significantly more shy, which made it difficult for me to be as open about my faith as I was back in my Christian bubble, I like to call it. Uh, I wasn't necessarily ashamed of my faith, but I actually found myself wishing that I had more boldness to share with others because of how much a relationship with God could heal the situations they were in. Um, however, not having what felt like anyone around me who had the same outlook was often pretty discouraging. Not having a Christian community impacted me a lot more than I thought it was going to. That's when I decided that Gannon needed a Christian women's small group. I knew that there had to be other girls on campus who felt similarly to me. We needed a way to connect with each other, so I got in touch with the campus ministry director who gave me a surprisingly quick green light, actually, <laughs> to go ahead and do it. It was a slower beginning. However, over the past three years, I am so happy to be able to call those girls some of my close friends. I didn't realize it at the time, but starting that group was about to transform my faith from something I knew to something that I truly embody now as a lifestyle. For example, one of my friends who isn't a believer came to me after a pretty rough breakup, and if you're a woman, you know how nitty and gritty and deep those conversations can get, and we started talking about like, what is love, how do people show love in different ways, and I'll never forget what she said to me in that moment. She was like, Emma, I don't know how to explain it, but you love people very beyond surface level, like almost sacrificially. And her use of the word sacrificially made me realize that just having the understanding of how God has loved me by giving up his life for me has allowed me to subconsciously love others in that same way. Psychology says a person tends to subconsciously model the behaviors of the five closest people he or she surrounds themselves with. And I think in that moment I had with my friend, I finally realized the power of the group that I had started my freshman year. Are we necessarily the, mo the most outgoing and outspoken group of girls? Truthfully, I don't think so, but God gave us each other and the gift of a relationship with him to be able to touch others in a way that tends to be a little more subtle. I won't speak for them, but I know I wouldn't consider myself a full-fledged evangelist. However, I've been told that my actions and the way that I love people communicate something unique, and I truly believe that that is because of the deep understanding of the love I know Jesus has for me. I guess my point is that God can absolutely use you in all of what you consider to be your mundaneness within the mundaneness of life. Also, just to be clear, no matter how dramatic your testimony is, it is an evolving story. It doesn't just end when you accept Jesus in your life. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to be a counselor at a high school Christian cross-country running camp. 
say that five times fast. <laughs> I was talking to one of the pastors there and asked to hear his testimony, to which he shared how he met Jesus back when he was in college and how Jesus changed his life back then. That story was amazing to hear, right? But it, again, got me thinking about how uh, your testimony doesn't come with a bookend right after you meet Christ. Here's the thing. You can't fight today's devils if you don't have today's testimony. There needs to be current work that God is doing in your life. That's how we're able to touch people in ways that they might not be able to necessarily put their fingers on, kind of like my friend. Part of our testimony is continuing to live in the freedom you now possess through Christ to a point where it's second nature to think, act, and love others like him. Our testimonies are carried out by being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes, he saved me and you, and you know we want to talk about that, but what he's doing in your life today is what is going to have the immediate impact. How is he speaking through you and your actions to other people now? How do you see him working now? How have you truly been listening for his voice and discerning what he has for you now? Those are the types of encounters that truly make your testimony powerful. I hope you take my words as both a reminder and a challenge. You don't need a big testimony to fight a big giant. I mean, just ask David and Goliath, right? Your testimony is not powerful because of how you encounter Jesus, but simply because you know Jesus. Thank you very much. That is so good. I love that. Your testimony matters because of Jesus. Thank you so much, Emma. That brings us on to our next speaker this morning. Engage. Go ahead. Shout. It's okay. Uh, he has been, or he is a husband of 50 plus years to a loving, supportive wife, father of one, a proud grandfather. He has been involved at Elevate for three years since retiring from GE Wabtech. He has worked in a, a local chiropractic office, been involved in fundraising for the United Way, and volunteered at UPMC Hammett. He is filled with such fire and a passion for Jesus. You're going to find out today how much joy he has wholeheartedly serving Jesus Christ. Would you please welcome the one and the only Mr. Jim Morgan. Good morning. There's no way that I could possibly ever live up to that introduction. <laughs> what a blessing. What a testimony. Last weekend, we witnessed 136 sisters and brothers <laughs> affirming their faith, proclaiming and affirming their faith. Today, I, I trust in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to attempt to share my faith in our Lord and Savior. I feel extremely blessed this morning to be with you in this opportunity, and I just want to share a few thoughts with you. It's not easy, you know, to be the youngest guy in the church, <laughs> as well as the youngest guy on the platform this morning. It's just exciting to be a part of the two-week Ignite I can remember it in past years and how exciting it is, how excited I was. And I came with a 
receptive spirit, and I hope that all of you do today as our speakers all share with you. I want you to tell you that my speech, my talk, my sharing this morning has already been challenged by my wife, of course, <laughs> loving wife, uh, as they have said. Uh, she challenged me in that uh, they had said that, or announced earlier, that I've been married 50 years. As of Friday, we've been married 51 years. I started attending Elevate on Saturday a little more than three years ago during the COVID. COVID was in place. And Sally and I were attending and always have. We've always been fortunate to be in a church. But we were attending another church and I was coming here on Saturday afternoon. Sally was still reluctant because of the COVID. But let me just share with you, Sally has always loved Elevate and the frequent times, infrequent times, I guess, that we visited, uh, she enjoyed it. But I, something was special was happening after attending Saturdays for several months alone, loving every minute of it. I had a burning desire to attend and commit full time. As I said, Sally loved Elevate, but we were involved in another church and we hadn't even discussed or thought about leaving that church. One Saturday in my short drive home, I prayed, eyes open of course. <laughs> I wanted to ask Sally the big question. I walked into the house, Sal, and asked her, Sal, how would you feel about attending? Or would you entertain the thought of attending? I'll wait full time. Sally's immediate response was, Jim, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to ask me that question. <laughs> My prayer was truly answered. Here we are, three years later, Sal and I loving and appreciating Elevate more and more every time we pass through the doors. Now let me share a little something about me about myself. As I said earlier on, I have always faithfully attended church. I prayed, I read God's word, I did it with enthusiasm and excitement, thanking God always, always, always for his continual blessings. Having said all that, I knew, I felt strongly that something was missing. I didn't feel whole, I didn't feel complete. I knew that God had something more. Now for your today's history lesson from an old man, way back in 1971, before many of you, most of you were even born, just as we watched the baptism last week, I was immersed in baptism and shortly thereafter, because I knew that I had a need, my life changed. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me that the friends that I was with, the acquaintances that I had, the success that I had, God had something more for me. Some of you this morning may have a feeling of incompleteness. To put it mildly, 
back then, and maybe you are too, relationally poor. I was what, I was a double-minded Christian. James 1, 8 tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I prayed and was drawn and attended a church much like Elevate. I knew that I needed prayer. And when an invitation was given to go to the altar, I went forward. And moments later, I had new values and a new direction in life. I was fired up and passionate. I soon broke old habits, old relationships, bad relationships, and had a hunger and a desire for real relationships with real Christians, brothers actually in Christ. Since 1971, I have asked Jesus to totally lead my life instead of only asking him to endorse my life. I am so grateful, thankful for his forgiveness, his unconditional love, and his continual leading. He currently is allowing me to steer a small group. The Lord is definitely ahead of that small group. Now you're probably thinking, oh yeah, it's probably a group of silver sneakers. No, it's not. You're probably thinking it's a bunch of old men reminiscing about the past. No, it's not. It's a group of eight to 10, we average, young men meeting weekly, and most of them in the range of age range of 30 to 40. And what I have discovered in each of them is in their own life, there was a piece missing. I guess what I'm really wanting to share with you this morning is God delivered me from emptiness through relationships with other Christians. He has continued to restore me, bless me through 80 years, and especially through the last three years here at Elevate. So as an 80-year-old man, I walk in faith, trusting and obedient to Jesus Christ to completely and fully lead my life. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I made some notes, and I hope you're making notes too. Uh, he said, uh, instead of asking Jesus to support your life, ask Jesus and, 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 and endorse your life, just lean into him. And God has something for you. I want you to listen to that. God has something for you today. Our next speaker has been coming to Elevate for four years uh, this November. Uh, he's probably the tallest on stage. Uh, he's a senior at McDowell High School, captain of the Harbor Creek Huskies varsity hockey team. Uh, he just turned 18 yesterday. You are going to love this guy. Please welcome Lucas Kurchansky. It truly amazes me that like four years ago after our family came here to Elevate that now I'm on this platform and it's truly an honor just to be able to share my story with you guys. Never did I ever think that's insane. But even as a teenager, you could have looked at me, you could have looked at my grades, my achievements in school and really thought that I was going to run for president someday because I was just such a perfectionist and admittedly I, I still am, I'm just going to say. 
but I'm not, I don't want to boast, I'm not trying to, but I say that because even though my grades, they reflected greatness in my life, I felt worthless all along. My friends in elementary school, they pushed me away once I reached middle school. I was called names by my friends like Pepperoni Face and Beaver Teeth and Alien Fingers, and in case you don't know what that means, your fingers are too long. Yeah, I know, it's weird. <laughs> and I even quit the junior honors hockey team in ninth grade because a few of my teammates, they said that I was the worst one on the team right to my face. I realize now that I spent way too much time in my life trying to find a way to please people, caring too much what they thought of me. And each day I would walk into, the, walk into school or the rink, I felt like no one saw me and I was, I was nothing. The guys that I talked to and the girls that I talked to in elementary school, they wouldn't say anything to me in middle school and I don't know why. And because I wanted to feel like someone actually cared, I turned to pornography four years ago. It was literally this day, this weekend, that that happened. And each time that I did it, I felt like someone cared, but every time that I did it, I felt empty, and I felt that I was still alone, because I was. And in the months after, I held in that anger, the sadness, and it was, it was even more porn, because my parents, they f told us that our marriage was failing for the last six years in September of 2020. Now fast forward to April 2021, and I was doing online school at the time. I had just quit the junior otters, and my dad, he wanted to get baptized as a family. And me, being the hormonal teenager that I still am and was at the time, was like, uh, okay, I don't know about this. I was still living in sin. I didn't know if I should go for it, but I did it anyways. I didn't want to disappoint him. And I remember after I did it, I felt like everything that I'd ever done wrong had just been lifted off me. I can't even describe to you the feeling of getting baptized, what that was like. It was amazing. And to be able to see people do that last weekend, too, like, it's, it's awesome. And I know that the moment that I came out of the water, my whole life began to change. It was a week after, literally a week after, that we went down to Florida. And God put a girl, who's, she's a great friend of mine now, in my path, and she was able to show me that women weren't who the videos were showing me. And in those few days, I realized how many people I was hurting. I was hurting everybody in my life. And for five months, I carried that guilt. It was a burden for me, and it was, it was hard. And this is even after I told my parents. And I knew that I needed to talk to someone other than them. So I texted Pastor Will, and I was like, hey, can I come in and talk to you? I got some stuff I need to get off my chest. And one of the things that he asked me during that conversation that I want to ask you today is how far are you willing to go to get closer to God? And at that point, I was willing to do whatever God wanted me to do. Like, just take the pain away. And about a week later, about after he asked me that, on August 24th, I got down on my knees next to my bed. And I begged God, God, can you please just change me? Change who I am. I hated who I was. And I committed to trying to stop that day because... God showed up through my sister, who I can say that I love dearly. I have a relationship with her that I don't have. It's amazing to see. I don't know. It's incredible. But I, I tried committing to stop that day, but it wasn't until September 22nd that God set me free in 2021, September 22nd, 2021, that I became set free from porn addiction. But don't get too excited because I felt great. It was the next few months that I was like, okay, I'm living for Jesus. Let's go. I'm here at the church. I'm excited to go back to McDowell for my 11th grade year, but unfortunately on June 3rd, 2022, I relapsed in the middle of the night. And I remember right afterwards, I went out into the kitchen and I told my mom, and 
I never would have done that before. I went out and I told my mom, and she looked me in the eyes, she hugged me, and she said, look how far you made it. Try again. <laughs> and just to think about, like, that, that, that was God speaking through her that day. Come on, somebody. Like, God speaks through people. And I realized that day that my relapse was now a recall from God. He was calling me back to him because I wasn't reading my Bible as much. I was getting stagnant in my faith. And I, I was listening to what my friends were telling me about the world again. And it's as of today, thank you, Jesus, that my 30-day my no porn and no social media fast is, I did the math about a month ago, 453 days that God has led me on this journey of being free. And I, I, give, I give all the glory to God. He, he's, he's worthy of it all. And there's no way that I'd be getting through life if it weren't for Jesus, number one, and just for the people that he's placed in my life. Like, for example, we went to Whiteout with our youth ministry this past January, and I went because Pastor Will, he was begging me to go. I was like, okay, he's begging me. I'll just go, whatever. And I knew no one except for him and Xavier, who's on our production team. And because I went, I now have seven people in my life that I can share my life with, that I can talk to about anything. And that's just what God does. And it was also that weekend that God, he showed me that I was called in the ministry. And after applying to and recently visiting Highlands College in Alabama, where Pastor Colby's son is at, a good friend of mine, um, I'm hoping to spend the next two years after I finish high school this year uh, being trained to become a pastor. And it's just incredible. It's, thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. And, and God, he's here. God lit a fire in me that weekend, and it honestly hasn't stopped burning. I love it so much. And he's used that experience to inspire me to get more involved with our youth. And now, being a student leader on the team, I can help your kids find their way in Jesus and be able to seek him and be able to encourage them every Wednesday, which is house party. You should bring your kids here. Your kids come. Let's go. Um, and it just goes to show that even in our brokenness and our selfishness, God is still faithful. He still shows up. Like, look at this. He's blessed me with an amazing circle of friends. He's blessed me with parents whose marriage is healed, with a sister, a sister who got baptized last weekend. She was one of the 136, and just an awesome group of hockey players that I can lead and speak the name of Jesus over and proclaim his name and prophesy over their life every week, and yeah, it's, praise God. But you know what? I still believe that God's greatest blessings come from life's greatest struggles. And my biggest struggle is still fighting for my purity. Each day it's a battle. And I try to remind myself that I haven't overcome it, but I'm still overcoming it. It's something that's still happening. And I also remind myself that I want to be more like Jesus and not everybody else. Because I can't lead people to Jesus if I'm conforming to the world's image and not his. His image is what matters. Romans 12, 2, the verse that I live by says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that verse, it gives me the confidence to walk into school, to walk into the rink every single week, and just to not care what people think, and to know that my goal is to get as close to Jesus as I can so I can help them do the same. And that's the best part. Now before I close, I just want to share something with, I'm sure some of you struggle with, a lot of men, with pornography, and even maybe women too, I don't know. But one thing the world told me that you should not believe is that you need to replace pornography or drugs or alcohol with a healthier, healthier habit, you know? 
And I just want to say that you don't need to replace it with anything except for Jesus Christ. He is your replacement. And you know what? He's the, he is the only one worth getting addicted to because he can give you new life and a second chance. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, come on. I love that. If you are going to get addicted to anything, make it Jesus. And another thing that he said, look how far you've come. Try again. Try again. Try again. Church, this is so good. I I love this series. This is one of my favorite of the entire year because we get to see and hear how God is moving in people's lives with people who sit next to you. They worship with you. They come to church with you. And everybody's going through something. Everybody's got something. But try again. Just try again. Our last speaker this morning, uh, originally from Panama, New York, almost busted out in the Van Halen song there. Uh, She came here in 2009, went to college at Edinburgh University, stayed in Erie County. After graduating, uh, she currently works for the U.S. House of Representatives as a director of administration. She also holds credentials as a birth bereavement doula and a bereavement chaplain. She has spoken internationally, nationally, and locally on pregnancy and infancy loss and is so excited to share her journey with you today. Would you please help me welcome Ashley Megat. Good afternoon, Elevate. I am so blessed to be able to stand here today in front of you to not only share my faith journey, but also share my son with all of you. On March 31st of 2020 was the worst day of my entire life. My whole entire world ended that day, and I never knew if I was gonna be able to continue. I never felt so much hurt in one day. To backtrack, in December of 2019, my ex-husband and I found out that we were pregnant with our first child, and boy, was I so excited. I couldn't wait to be a parent. I couldn't wait to hold my son, to do, well, at that time, child, to do anything I possibly could to be the best parent that I could be, to love that baby and to love my life that it was going to be. Because as soon as you find out that you are pregnant, you plan your whole entire life out. I had a very complicated pregnancy the whole entire time. I was in and out of the hospital, in and out of doctor's offices. Every single doctor just kept telling me, you know, it's your first time pregnant. You're just overreacting. Like, you don't know what you're trying to expect. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's okay. Deep down, I knew something was wrong. So I kept going to these doctor's appointments, and I kept going to the hospital. On March 30th I, uh, of 2020, I woke up that morning, and I knew something was wrong. And I called my OB, and I said, I'm coming in. Make an appointment for me, because I'm showing up regardless. By the time I got to the uh, hospital, Uh, They did the sonogram, and I was told that I had no remaining cervix left. At that moment, I was then rushed to uh, the women's hospital, and unfortunately, that doctor there did not take me serious or the recommendation from the other doctors, and he sent me home. I knew when I got home that next day, I was going to get a second opinion. By that time, it was already into the evening, so there was nothing that I could do in that moment. At 3 a.m., On March 31st of 2020, 
I woke up and my water completely broke at home. I was only 19 weeks and four days gestation. When I got to the hospital, I was already three centimeters dilated and I knew that there was nothing that can be done. They did a sonogram one last time and I got to see my son's heartbeat and watch him move one more time. At 9.29 in the morning, my son, Joseph Franklin Megat, was brought into this world stillborn. I got to hold him and love on him for those short hours. It was about eight hours they got to stay with me into that, in that room. And those are the only eight hours I will ever have with my son. After that moment, I went home. And obviously, it was, it was COVID. Nobody had communications with anybody. Um, my family and friends were always there virtually but they weren't able to be there in person and to give me that support that I actually needed. In my house, I did not have the support that should have been given to me in those moments. And my life turned very dark. I never understood how God could take something so precious away from me. I've always been a person of faith, so I never understood that I did everything by the book and yet I felt like I was being punished. I felt like everything that I wanted in life was just ripped from me, and I had no reason to continue to go on. I hated God. So one night, I was home alone, and I walked into my bedroom. And I pulled my gun out. And I sat there in my room, alone in the dark holding my gun in my hand, ready to take my own life. Because nothing else mattered. I didn't think about anybody else, didn't even think about myself. I didn't think the impact me not being on this earth would have for anybody. All I knew, all I knew is I wanted my son. And I knew that's how I was going to get to him. For whatever reason, I said to God, you know, if I have a bigger purpose in life, show me. Give me some type of sign, because I can't take this world anymore. So I put the gun down, and I went to bed. And I said, if I wake up the next morning and I feel differently, I won't do it. But in my mind, I thought, I'm going to do it anyways. So I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning. And for whatever reason, the first thought I had in my head was, I have a bigger purpose. I have a story that could be shared that can help others. And I also thought, how, would, how selfish of me to want to take my own life? Because I wouldn't only be, I might have healed myself to be with my son, but I'm also hurting so many other people in my life. I wouldn't be able to watch so many other people that I love and cherish grow up. And from that moment forward, I started to live for God. I got connected with Emma's Footprints, which if you guys don't know, it's a pregnancy and infant loss community in Erie County. I'm their director of volunteer. I'm able to help other families and other women be there and be by their side as they go through the pregnancy and infancy loss journey. I am also a birth and bereavement doula, which gives me the ability to be in the hospital rooms with families and with mothers as they have gone through 
pregnancy loss, if their child has passed away, I'm able to be there when their, when their children are born and love on them. Because again, like I know all too well, we only have a few short hours with our babies here on heavenly earth until we have to give them away. And walking out of that hospital without your baby is something I can't even explain. Because I'm an overachiever, I then went and got my chaplain, uh, bereavement chaplain certification. So I'm able to be called by first responders to be able to be there on scenes if a mother has lost their baby or if a baby has died of SIDS. And this can be from if a child passes away in a car accident, if the mother was unfortunately murdered and that baby passed away. I am able to be called out and be there for families by the grace of God to be able to help them and get them through the darkest times in their life. And I can truly say I would not be able to do this without Jesus Christ by my side. Because not only do I have God, I have my son who is constantly with me. And I'm able to share Joey's story and my story with thousands, as said before, internationally, nationally, locally. And I'm so blessed by it. One verse that I live by is Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I'm also very happy to say that I am partnering with Elevate Church to be able to be there for other families and other mothers that have gone through pregnancy and infancy loss. I can be your direct support if you or anybody you know has gone through that and needs that extra love and needs that extra support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've had moms call me at three in the morning before. You can email me at ashleymegat at gmail.com. And to close out, if you guys are wondering, these are actually my son's footprints on my shirt. And I am so blessed and so grateful to be able to stand here today in front of you all and share my story, and not only my faith story, but Joey's as well. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. She said something there that hit me. Place your trust in God. He can keep you going through. Have you placed your trust in God? I just wonder. Through listening through Ashley's testimony, the brokenness, as a dad, I can't imagine. The addiction that Lucas went through. I, I just wonder if maybe today someone might be sitting here and you need Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. This is a real holy moment right now. I'm going to give you a, some language. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come into a relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to give you some words to say, and I'm going to ask the entire church just to say this out loud. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I am totally broken. I'm a sinner in need of saving. So would you 
just come into my heart right now, Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God and that God raised you from the dead. Save me from my sin. Come into my life. Transform me. Make me into who you want me to be. I thank you for saving me, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.